the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. We appreciate all the subscribers that have been able to carry us past some of our goals. That means we just keep setting new goals. Uh, Goalposts moving for us always in the best way. This is the best time of the week, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday, as we get a chance to sit down and share and compete with our weekly locks. So before we get into week seven, we take a quick look back at week six beginning with tom fernelli who ooh, slight we got we got a a slight debate on not debate but six and five tom getting back on the winning side of things nearly the uh the winner for the week let's look what we saw lock war win tom and danny do cash it we addressed it it's 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 just the beginning right that's what they say you can win the war but you win the or, or something like that. Florida State is a winner. Houston plus two and a half is a winner. Arkansas, Mississippi State under 59 and a half is a winner. Louisville minus two and a half is a winner. The Illinois, Iowa under 36 and a half was cozy and never in daggum doubt. And the Air Force, Utah State over 54 and a half is a winner. Took a lock fight loss on Utah minus three and a half. Uh, a loss on Virginia Tech Pitt under 41 and a half. I feel you there. Maryland minus three is a loss. And yet Maryland fans are still like 
angry at us, even though you were supporting them going into the weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech under 69 and a half is a loss, and UTEP plus three is a loss. Six and five for the week. That gets you to 25 and 30 for the season. Thoughts on a loaded slate for you. Heaviest card we had. Uh, well, I think that the lesson I learned is that forgetfulness is sometimes good for you because I forgot a lock last week on my card. I never put it in and it lost. So that's the only thing that having a, a losing week overall. So shout out to Army and for me forgetting you. And also thank God because my Army evaluation is very different after what I saw last week. But uh, nothing last week that I feel terrible about. Like the Virginia Tech pit under, like when games like that happen, when the total's at 41 and a half and it ends up being 70 points, that's just nobody saw that coming. So you can't really feel bad about being wrong on that one. Maryland annoyed me more than anything. I still think the play was right. They just, you know, they, they, whatever purdue is just the weirdest freaking team like they drag you in they drag you into the muck all my numbers are like purdue's not that good purdue's not that good purdue's not that good but it keeps winning anyway and there always seems to be at least one or two of those teams every single season but yeah other than that i thought it was just a pretty solid week not a solid week for your boy two in five uh the lone wins, hey, Tulane minus three, taking care of it, or Tulane, depending on where you're from. Uh, and the under 66, North Carolina, Miami, was maybe sweating overtime as maybe sending that one a little bit sideways. But the Tar Heels, th- this is a, a stunning statement based on the way the season has gone. The Tar Heels defense came through. <laughs> so uh that one ends up going under kind of <laughs> i mean they gave up 490 yards and only 24 points right, right. you know there's the only stat that matters especially when we're talking about these totals baby uh over 69 in kansas tcu is a push took a loss on the auburn team total under nine and a half georgia is not elite you do not let Auburn score a touchdown, much less a passing touchdown uh at the end of that game. Uh Duke minus three and a half is a loss. Injuries piling up for the Blue Devils. We mentioned NC State and Oregon State first half minus four, a loss as well. Virginia Tech team total under 13 and a half, a loss as well. My lessons, those are some mean picks. Auburn team total under, Virginia Tech team total under. And you can't get a good feel of the vibes with that much hate in your heart. So we're going for a cleanse. That's my week seven. My week seven is a cleansing. No more mean picks. It's just not going to put me in a good place. But uh, I remain the uh, the leader on the season, 29 and 22, up 4.8 units, even after the two and, and five week. Danny, the winner of the week, uh, five and four, up 0.6 units. Your wins were Tennessee, uh, minus two and a half, never a doubt there. You get the lock war win with FSU plus three and a half. Oklahoma State minus nine gets it done for you as well. Mizzou plus 11 and a half and Mississippi State minus nine and a half. The losses, the under 44 and a half in Wisconsin Northwestern, Michigan minus 22 and a half against Indiana. Then Auburn team total under nine and a half. You were with me as well. And then Alabama minus 23 and a half. Danny, your thoughts on the card. Garbage time touchdowns are a killer. They're so tough. The Auburn one you mentioned, Northwestern, Wisconsin, same thing. You're running up the score, new coach, trying to make a statement. Didn't see that coming. Was totally wrong on Alabama. That's just a a miss. That's a bad one. And then we always talk about player injuries. I need to start checking 
coach's health reports because that Mike Hart, which thankfully he's going to be okay. We can laugh about this now, but that clearly impacted Michigan's game. Struggling 10-10 at halftime. You're like, what is happening? Then you see the players crying. One of their, you know, that's one of their mentors. It's the, you know, a lot of these guys are, you know, it's like a family type relationship. When he went down, it clearly rattled them. They were able to bounce back and still almost got the cover, but that was a tough one there. So I'm going to start paying attention to the coaches' health reports, not only the players. Bud, four and six. Oh, yeah, that's uh, 28 and 29 on the season after the five and four week. Bud, it was a four and six week for you. You get a lock fight win with UCLA plus three and a half. Also cash that LSU team total under 31 and a half. Uh, never a doubt there. BYU team total under 23 and a half is also a win. And the Missouri, Florida under 55 and a half is a win. The losses, you were with me fighting in the trenches with NC State minus three. Uh, we lost on Alabama minus 23 and a half. Also lost on Michigan first half minus 13. App State first half minus 10 and a half. Cincinnati first half minus 16 and a half. First half plays, look ahead spots. Didn't, didn't come through for you, but uh, still four and six on the week, 41 and 35, making money for the season up two and a half units. Thoughts on week six? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the wins were were rather easy and the losses were were frustrating. Um, I mean, I don't know if I can blame the Michigan thing on 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 my cart, but Michigan just played really sloppily uh, in, in that first half. They had a ton of personal fouls and just dumbass penalties. Cincinnati came out super flat and just screwed around. I'm, I'm gonna have to rethink Cincinnati. I used to think they should be the sort of the odds-on favorite for the American, and now I I'm not so sure. Uh, An App State off a of bye, losing outright by multiple scores to Texas State. I I did not see that coming, uh, and I'm not really sure anybody else did either. So I. I just bad pick by me there, for sure. Uh, the one I think I should have won is NC State, right? I mean, they, they they gained like zero yards in the second half with that backup quarterback and still won the game by two. Uh, I think they physically whipped FSU's line for most of the game, and I, I'd bet that again in the heartbeat at three. You brought a run game to a lock war. <laughs> Jack Chambers, attorney at law, will get you the win in the courtroom, but he cannot necessarily get you the cover as he comes in, at least not last week. Maybe more on that. All right. Do we, do we need to start like figuring out a way to to bet our money line picks as our regular picks? Right. We're, like, <laughs> we're destroying it on money lines and we're not profitable on, on these ATS, which last year, if you went, I went back and looked, like we barely made a profit on sprinkles and we crushed the side. So it's just, I don't know. I don't I know if you guys have a process for like how you pick it, but it's like, oh, kind how, of try to throw the higher for... variance ones into the money line, you know? And, well, we call them sprinkles, so I fundamentally disagree with the way we keep track of it. But it's I'm cool, you know, because it's like one unit should not be worth the same as the unit that you make on your plays. Are you oh right? I I mean I, I bet these the same amount. Yes, so do I. Like I I, I put my sprinkles in because I think they may have some higher variance. Like sometimes I'm betting as a team that I really don't trust. Like. Yeah, the line maybe should be this, but also like they have real collapse potential. Well, then I'll, I'll let the listeners and the viewers let you know that when I fire on Arizona plus 410, I do not actually think that is going to happen. I just think it would be hilarious, and I would like to go to the pay window with the chuckle, okay? That's, gotcha. that's okay. That, that is part of the mentality. Feel free to fade uh, as much as you want. Um, Danny crushing it on the money line sprinkles. You you can reveal your process or not, you know? It's just <laughs> Oh, for me? I yeah. I... I don't want to talk about them twice. Like I feel like I like let's save those for the the money line sprinkles. I wanted, I'm I've been very seriously considering doubling down and just taking them in both. You know, but I feel like you kind of give away some of your leans. We don't have time to talk about so many games, so I just kind of save the money line sprinkles. Or 
if I'm on the other side of one of you guys, like as opposed to a fight, I'm like, let me just see, you know, I'll just go ahead and take the higher payout with the money line. Mm. Inside the process of the Cover 3 podcast. And we are flushing week six. We are looking ahead to week seven. Gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up? Let's go. Since 2005, the under of games between service attacks is 40 Nine and one. You ran over in this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sick of last week. Y'all were watching videos. I was live betting the hell out of ULN. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. I'm, I'm, I'm living to die on every point, every cover. We begin with some Thursday night games. Big 12 conference action, Baylor at West Virginia. Also, Temple at UCF with the space commander, Gus Malzahn, making his way to the rocket ship. Anybody got any Thursday night action? I do. Let's go. All right. So first, I'm going to go ahead and take a first half play here. Um, I, I don't know that Temple's defense is quite as good as people think it is. If you look at who Temple has played, uh, they're kind of sketchy. Their defense looks good, but who's the best QB they've played here? They played at Duke, and they lost 30 to nothing and probably could have been more. Lafayette, Rutgers, which just fired their OC, UMass, and at a Memphis team, and that was the game that I actually took Temple uh, against UMass, or excuse me, against Memphis, and Memphis' offense was just a disaster in that game because of the injuries. I like the advanced metrics show this is like a top 75 ish defense. I'm not really sure I'm buying it. I'm going to go ahead and lay the 13 and a half first half points here with UCF over Temple. I, I don't think Temple moves the ball that well with Warner. And I, I think UCF can score on these guys. I'm, I'm not really buying into this being that great of a defense just based on who they've played. Did anyone make an argument they were that great of a defense? No, uh, but like <laughs> compared to everything else on their sheet, they show up as okay. And I'm, I don't know, man. This could be a product more of the quarterbacks they've faced. No, listen, when Bud finds the uh, inefficiencies in the spreadsheet, it's a, it's usually a, a smart smart decision to follow him down. The, the chat is fully agree with you, by the way. They're like, who has who has an opinion on Temple's defense? Is- <laughs> <laughs> I was taking the dog for a walk this morning, and I was stopped by three people. They were like, can you believe what everybody's saying about the Temple defense? <laughs> I mean, they're... they're can you believe what Stan Drayton has done there with that defense so far? I will, we'll see it get tested against the Gus bus this weekend. Uh, I'm out on Thursday. Anybody else got anything for Thursday night? I don't have an official lock. I've got a Twitter tip out for Baylor minus three and a half, but the fact I'm not locking it up inside baseball for all our live viewers might tell you how confident I am in tonight's Twitter tip. All right, what about Friday night action? We got another pair of games. Uh, Navy at SMU and UTSA at FIU. Anybody got a lock? I got I got one. Okay. Going to Chip? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna take the mids. Ooh, Give me like okay. 12 and a half points uh against an SMU team that like while feisty early. It's just rolled off three straight losses and defensively, I like I think when you, when UCF put up 41 on them, I was like, huh, that's that's interesting. And then you go back and, and you sort of look at the way this has gone and you realize that you know maybe this isn't just a 
you know, maybe this isn't just a product of having to go up against Talia Tugavailoa, of having to go up against Max Duggan and the most explosive offense. And and I think that for uh, for SMU's defense, that this is going to be a, a little bit tough. I think Navy's playing with a little bit of juice. They've turned a little a corner right now. There's just too many daggum points for uh, for a Navy team that I think does all right in conference play when they have a competent team. And based on what I've seen, they are close to competent. So uh, give me the mids plus the big number. It does take big ships a long time to turn the corner, so maybe that's why it's taken three or four weeks. <laughs> um, so are you getting in on UTSA, I'm guessing? I am, yeah. So FIU is really pretty damn bad. Uh, if you go back and find video of that FIU New Mexico State game, and we could probably play sicko mode for this, right? Because we forgot to play it for the Temple uh, defense phase. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. FIU is just exceptionally bad. U- UConn housed them with ease last weekend. And the only win they have in the FBS, they, they did beat Bryant. If, if you guys remember when they came back there, I, we, we had some, uh, some Bryant money lines. So I was very disappointed in that comeback. Uh, but New Mexico State allowed like three explosive touchdowns on swing passes where they just didn't seem to tackle. And the one time I think they had like nine guys on the field. It was a really weird game that FIU doesn't seem to move the ball on anybody. And I know UTSA is banged up, but this is the same FIU team that just lost 73 to nothing to Western. And I don't think they're going to improve a lot this week. Tyrese Chambers, they're, they're like only good player on this team, left the game, didn't come back. I kind of doubt he's going to play on short rest on a Friday. I'm going to lay the 20 points in the first half here. I, I just think there's a lot of scores that work, right? 24-3 is a winner. 21 nothing's a winner. Like 28-7 is a winner, even if we assume FIU scoring in the first half. I don't know that that they are. Uh, but MGM, I think FanDuel has 20 as well here. So I'll uh, – are you worried about the Miami Knights field, the Miami Vice? I'd be concerned because that'll fire them up when they see that end zone. <laughs> That's why I'm staying away. That's right. I know. I, I'm almost tempted because of that field to start a lot of fight here. Just come on. It. It's it. The, it might, is it the worst program right now in all of football? I was going to say, I, I want to see a lock fight where somebody is taking up arms to go to the cause of the FIU Panthers here on CBS Sports Network, the mothership. I literally, I mean, I'm considering it now, and I almost did. I almost took UCF just because of the space uniforms, because I feel like they're going to be extra hyped to be wearing those. So, like, they're going to cover with ease. But yeah, I don't know. I got to, <laughs> I'm eight units down on the season. I can't really afford to be taking shots like that right now. That game at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, on the mothership. All right, turning our attention to Saturday. Let's get it going with the top 10 matchup. One of three matchups between undefeated teams, as we discussed. Number 10, Penn State at number five, Michigan. Michigan still sitting right around the touchdown. Seven points over under around 51. Anyone going to take a lock on this Big Ten East battle? I am. Let's do it. Under 51 and a half. Uh, I just, we, we talked about it on yesterday's show. This is a game where we're probably going to learn more about either one of these teams than we've learned at any point so far this season. But from what I have seen, I have a lot more confidence in the two defenses than I do the offenses. I think that since Michigan got out of its non-con and got into the big 10, it's still been good. 
But offensively, it's very choppy. It's very inefficient. It's relying on big plays from Blake Corm, and they're not really finding a whole lot elsewhere. I think Penn State, if you looked at their rushing game early in the season, it's pretty decent. But Nick Singleton's been kind of bottled up a bit since they've gotten into Big Ten play. Their offensive line has played better than we're used to seeing from Penn State, but they haven't really faced a whole lot of excellent defensive fronts aside from their season opener against Purdue. And that was the night where Sean Clifford was getting beat up, got hurt, had to leave for a while because he got, I think it was a hip pointer or some knee injury. I can't remember what it was at this point. And that was the night he was under more pressure than any other game we've seen. So I look at this game. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. And if you just look at the recent history of it, like out of the last eight years, only two of the games have hit 50 points, let alone hit 52. So I don't know. I just, I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. I'm going to take the under and I don't know who's going to win, but I don't think they're going to score more than 27 points getting there. Lock it up. Same thing. Yep. All right. (laughs) I think you've got two incredible defenses. I think you've got two incredible running backs in Corm versus Singleton. I think you have two coaches who understand the identity of their football teams that kind of no matter what is happening, they're going to stay committed to the run. Now, I think you've Michigan will be more tempted to take some shots down the field. I think they might trust J.J. McCarthy a little bit more, try to get him to hit on some of those big plays because the opportunity will be there. But I'm not really worried about either quarterback, you know, throwing pick sixes. I think they're both kind of they're co- they're well taught into what we are, and it's a great defense, and it's a great run game, and let's not screw this thing up. And I think this will be a bloodbath. I think it'll be a couple heavyweights trading blows, the difference of a couple of plays here and there, and I think it's ultimately going to be low scoring. I love it. I lean Penn State plus the points, but do not feel confident enough to play it that probably plays more into the low scoring right just I, I i don't think michigan has against a quality opponent hit the gear where they're just gonna run away from penn state if that happens i will have equal amounts of um you know positive thoughts about michigan and also disappointment for a penn state team that i think in coming was they were off last week right or was last week the northwestern game uh, Penn State was off last week. Yeah, to, if you come off the off week, show up in Ann Arbor and get dusted, then that is equally impressive by Michigan and also massively disappointing for a Penn State fan. I think it's going to be close. I think it's probably a three, four, seven-point game, so I would lean Penn State, but no official lock from me. Bud, you got any thought on this one? Bud and the mute button. A It's a war that we <laughs> Got the vacuum going downstairs, and 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 the, the uh, and the one year old. So, uh, I lean Penn State here, but it's not enough for me to bet at seven. I'd I'd put a little something on at seven and a half if it creeps back up. Dustin in the chat asks, "What's the starting name right tackle for Penn State?" It's Caden Wallace. So now you know. Was, was somebody trying to check you on your knowledge? Somebody asked Bud for the name of the starting right tackle for Penn State. Well, if he tells you about the Temple defense, he can certainly tell you about the starting right tackle for uh, Penn State. Um, all right, there more. There's some more top twenty-five action there in the noon slate. Maybe we'll we'll cycle back if nobody ends up dropping a lock on it. Uh, but we need to just go ahead and get there because we need to give a proper amount of time to number three Alabama at number six Tennessee. It is your. SEC on CBS game of the week. Neyland Stadium is going to be 
on fire. Not like when that boat was actually on fire at the Vol Navy, in which time it was more of an you know ominous sign of where Tennessee football was. I'm just talking about the excitement. The this got to be the first time that Tennessee fans are showing up with cigars in their pocket, thinking they'll actually light them. You know, this has got to be the 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 most confident that a Tennessee fan has gone into that stadium, feeling like they've got a shot at Alabama. The Crimson Tide are a seven point favorite in this game, over under around sixty five and a half. It, look, we've I hope that we've got locks on this game, but if not, we we got to dig into all the different ways that this thing can be bet because um, it's a banger. So where where are we at with Alabama Tennessee? Let's start it off. Who's got a lock? All right. Do you want to go first, Danny? Sure. I'll go first. It's at seven right now, right? Yep. Yep. Before it gets to seven and a half, let me go ahead and scoop up the tide. Sorry, Jordan. I wonder if all those Tennessee fans can sell their cigars to the Bama fans after this one that are going to be at the game. I I kind of like I'll be it's I'm torn because I would love to see Tennessee get off. The, I would love to see them pull off this upset, something they haven't done what, 15 years. I'd love to see it. I just, I feel like, and Tennessee's an awesome story and they're a much better team last year and you've got these two opposing forces, right? Tennessee comes in with a ton of momentum and it feels like Bama is vulnerable, which I do think they're more more vulnerable than they've been in years past. But I still think you've got to consider, because I I think this is about Bryce Young returning too. Like, let's just make that clear. Like, if if we see Jalen Milrow out there, I'm running to the board and hedging somehow. I'm fine. I'm taking the other side. Okay, so let's just make that clear. I think Bryce Young is playing. So you've got the best quarterback who makes a massive difference in this system. You've got Will Anderson, who really has been, hasn't been as dominant as last year, but he's been the kind of one, like, this defense is not as dominant as it's been in years past statistically it's doing better but it's not as dominant and then you got Nick Saban I think this game is about Bama kind of reminding people where they are and where Tennessee is and I think it's close but I think Bama pulls away late so give me those uh I'll lay those seven points here on the road do I come to Jordan's defense and take up arms against Daniel <laughs> no, I'm going to bet the under instead. I'm going to take the under 66 because the way I see this one breaking down, if Bryce Young is back, and I expect he is based on this spread, he did hurt his throwing shoulder. So is he 100% just two weeks later? Is he still only like 75, 80% and playing through it? I don't know. I don't expect Alabama to be chucking the ball f- down the field all day if there's any questions about his shoulder. If it's Jalen Milrow starting, we know they won't be chucking it down the field. So I do think that because of health and just because of you know kind of the matchup where they're going to want to keep the Tennessee offense off the field, I think we're going to see Alabama lean a little heavier on its run game in this one. And I think on the other side, like Danny, you mentioned Will Anderson. He hasn't been as dominant as he has was last year, although he is still garnering first-place votes from the Athletics Heisman straw poll. But anyways, he's still having <laughs> a very good season. But if you're Tennessee, like you have to slow him down. And what's the best way to slow Will Anderson down? Run the ball. Like if you if you, if they have to respect your ability to run the ball, it's going to slow them down up front and kind of take it away. So I could see both of these teams taking that sort of approach. We're going to see, you know, it's going to limit possessions. And I just think that honestly, 66 is a little too high. I I, I think they're put, they're counting a little too much on Tennessee's offense being great when Tennessee hasn't faced a defense this good yet. So give me the under 66. I, I thought about fighting Tom here, but I'm I'm not going to. I'm actually going to go Alabama team total over 36 and a half. Ooh. So 
again, I think Bryce is playing. Um, I, I, I want to just pose a question to you guys. You have a chance to design a fantasy team of the best four quarters of quarterback play that Tennessee's defense has faced so far this year. I assume we're going to take Keaton Slovis first half. <laughs> Who is your second half? Is it Anthony Richardson? Certainly not Daniels. I mean, Akron. It's probably moved. Anthony Richardson, right? He had the better. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Tennessee's defense is kind of suspect. And I, I again, I, I did think about over here. I, I make it like 67. So um, I just think that without Burrell, who's out for the year, right? And then we can say McCullough, is not, the guy who got arrested, is not good. But he's still starting for you. And he's played, what, 200 snaps? So what does that say about the backups? I, I think Bama can, can get to 40 here. I just don't know if they're going to get enough stops to cover cover the seven. But, um, yeah, Bama team total for me. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm, Tom and I on lock agreements are 0-3 on the season. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I think Danny and I are like 1-5, and five, but I don't, right. think, I don't think that's you and Danny. I think that's just me. um i mentioned on the early edge show yesterday that my my lean here is with tom it's it's with the under and i i would almost like lean a fight against bud because alabama with the exception of the really fast start against arkansas which i was saying on cbs sports hq is probably one of the biggest keys for alabama is to get off to a fast start like this offense has been different on the road this offense has been different on the road all the way going back to last season bryce young has been different on the road. He's been able to come up with the, some heroics. Obviously, the Texas game earlier this year, the Iron Bowl last year. I don't know. I I lean under. No official lock for me. Also, in the 330, undefeated against undefeated, Oklahoma State, 5-0. TCU, 5-0. Game's going to be in Fort Worth. The Horned Frogs are four-point home favorites over under of 68 and a half. Who's got a lock? Over! We will continue to play these TCU overs as long as they continue to field an offense that, yes, is one of the nation's best, but the uh, points that they give up are continuing to rise. I know that we got really lucky with that Kansas game, but we also did that with uh, superstar backup Jason Bean. Also, Oklahoma State's defense Giving up a bunch of points. I mean, thank goodness Spencer Sanders is on a roll and playing terrific football right now. I think this one goes back and forth. I think this one is finishing in the 70s. So give me the over 68 and a half for Oklahoma State TCU. I don't hate it. I'm not betting anything in this game. I don't I don't know. I, I gotta I don't know. I, I I fear TCU's in for a letdown of sorts because they've been flying high the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, you've, you're on that like the the stacking Oklahoma on top of Kansas. You had SMU even before that. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna Are they gonna burn out? Okay. Or are they-, they are college kids, and we see it every single year with a bunch of different teams. I just I saw Texas Tech put up five twenty seven. I saw Baylor put up four fifty seven. Central Michigan got over five hundred. Like Oklahoma State's doing a good job of coming up with third down stops. And getting it where they can, but I, I think there's going to be a boatload of yards and points in this game. I agree with you, uh, Chip. Not lock agreement, but similar lock. I'm going over 34 in the first half. Uh, keep in mind, 
one of Oklahoma State's starting safeties got tossed for targeting in the second half, which means he will be down in the first half. Oklahoma State has also been able to score in the first half of games, as they did against Baylor. TCU, uh, I think, will do a pretty good job of getting points early in this one. Yeah, I, I, I think over 34 is a good look here in the first half. But I agree it'll be pointsy. All right, let's take it on into the night slate. Wait, let's see, which one do you all want to give? Uh, oh, let's just go ahead and do you, number seven, USC at number 20, Utah. This is uh, the undefeated Trojans find themselves as three and a half point underdogs over under of 65. Who is going to step into this arena? Where? All right, t- Danny, go ahead. Go for it. Give me the Utes. Lay them points. I think Utah, back-to-back losses, struggling somewhat, need a win, a little more desperation for them. I think I, I think the UCLA game was more about UCLA's physicality, being able to match that, being a really good football team, than it was about Utah being down. Not back-to-back losses. I'm just thinking about the um, – but the Florida game, they also could have won. I think Utah could easily be a one-loss team. If one of those plays, if Tavion Thomas doesn't slip, they beat the Gators, and then all of a sudden, like, are we talking about this game the same way? I think that's why the line is where it is. Even though Utah's a two-loss team, I think I think Vegas knows. I think playing at Rice-Eccles, the place is going to be absolutely on fire. Jordan Addison a little bit dinged up. You've got an offense that has not been as prolific lately as we thought it was going to be at USC, and I think you are going to see Utah content to run, working some Cam Rising, coming off a rough game for him. But I think this game will be when USC comes back to earth somewhat. So give me the Utes and lay the three and a half. Man, I I took some USC on Sunday, and and the more I looked at this, the the more I I think Danny's got the right side. You know, I'm – I'm a little sketchy about USC on the road here. And I like you guys know, I've been betting against Utah for weeks. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're that great. But they are a little different at home. They might be able to do some things that can frustrate USC in a way that that they couldn't frustrate UCLA. We'll, we'll see. I'm not locking it up. But he's thrown one all season. Find the interception prop on Caleb Williams and take the over half. He's going to throw an interception in this game. <laughs> 14 touchdowns to one interception. The man has thrown less than 52% in terms of completion percentage in two of the last three mm-hmm. games. This offense is really like as much about whether Travis Dye can move the ball on the ground against this Utah defense as anything else, and that's going to be massively important. Uh, Ten interceptions also for Utah. That is third in the country. They are darn good at turning them over. And you mentioned playing at home. 81-25 and 25 in the Kyle Whittingham era in Salt Lake City in Rice-Eccles Stadium. Now, USC did win last time they were there, 33-17. But I don't know if y'all remember this. It was so cold at the game that the TV feed cut out. (laughs) They could not operate the uh, cameras, and they could not operate all the – I think I remember at the time joking that the cameramen and camerawomen were just like, nope, I'm out. Pass. I'm a, I'm a union. I'm a union hire. We're not doing this right now. It's too cold. Uh, but yeah, the the ESPN feed cut out. It was so cold. The USC wrote a big field goal kicking day to a 33-17 win. But that was their first win in Salt Lake City since 2012. It is four and three to Utah in terms of when these two teams pl- have played in Rice Eccles. Yeah, Matt. Huge game. Fascinating. One of the games of the year in the Pac-12. No doubt. 
Coming up on the other side, we open up the board. Anything goes. We unroll the rest of our week seven locks. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The old members have told you, the longtime members who have uh, been enjoying what being a part of the Peloton community is like, because it's not just about bikes and treadmills. It's about a team of instructors that's ready to motivate you 24-7. There are literally thousands of classes ranging from strength training to yoga, running, boxing, and it means that Peloton is the perfect non-judgmental space for you to experiment with new types of movement at a level and at a pace that feels good for you. So you can try something out. Maybe it's not for you. You can just rotate to something else. It is that time where we're spending more time inside. And so you want to get creative. You want to mix it up. And, man, we are getting super busy. The college football season is hitting that point where it's just a speed rush down the hill to the national championship game. Holidays are coming up for everybody. It doesn't matter if you have five minutes or an hour. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get it in at 5.30 in the morning or at 8 p.m. at night. There is a Peloton class that fits your day. Maybe you're just looking for that 10-minute upper body stretch between calls or a 30-minute run before bed. Peloton is where you'll find what works for you. Of course, you know the challenge has been issued. Our guys, Danny and Tom, have been out there saying, hey, you, you want to come? You want to come look for me on the leaderboard? You can do it. They are here to motivate you as well. Tom, what kind of classes have you been getting into? Uh, I took a 30-minute rock ride with Dennis Morton this morning, and uh, it was excellent. It had corn on it, which is a little weird for me at 7.30 in the morning to have Freak on a leash blasting while I'm on the bike. It was kind of hard to stay on the bike while I was going, honestly. Oh. Yeah, it was a great time, and uh, I'm a little sore right now. So I'm I'm playing through the pain after kicking ass on the bike this morning. Dang, love it's it. been rocking. So I love the different music options you can find out there. I did a class with Alex Toussaint yesterday. He's one of my favorites. And then I was looking for something new. You know what I did this morning? Uh, I did a class, a dude in Germany. So he was speaking German, but guess what they have? Subtitles. And so he had a Daddy Yankee music theme. So I had the music on and I'm reading the instructions of what to do. And I just feel like I'm an international rock star when I'm out there doing the Peloton. So outstanding. You always got a lot of options out there. It's like do Mr. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Worldwide, Danny Cannell going international on it. I mean, we, we're not kidding. There are thousands of classes. And now, as Danny is telling you, in multiple languages, it's motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. That is one, O-N-E, Peloton, P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. Once again, 
OnePeloton.com, new members only, terms apply. All right, so the honors on the tee box go to Danny. You were 5-4 last week, up 0.6 units. You got three on the board already with Penn State, Michigan under, Alabama minus seven, and Utah minus three and a half. Where would you like to go? Um, let's go. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's go to Tallahassee, prime time with my Florida State Seminoles. I got over 500. I'm three and two when I'm picking any play in their game. Uh, you just have that feeling. You know how when you're you're playing baseball and you have a couple errors and you're like, please don't hit it to me, please don't hit it to me, and it always ends up hitting. You just know this game's coming down to a field goal, right? Like that's what's going to happen. Florida State lines up for a field goal. I don't want to take a side. I am going to tackle the under in this one. I'm going to take the under on the total. I think Florida State's defense, I think it'll be one of the stoutest defenses that Clemson has faced. I also think Florida State will struggle in the offensive uh, side of the football. And we talked about it yesterday. I think Jordan Travis will have to do more with his legs than he's done. I think there'll be some big play opportunities to be there against Clemson's defense. But I just think after what I saw in the second half of that NC State game, I wonder if there's a little bit of confidence issues. I think you'll see Florida State's defense show up. I'm still not sold on DJU as being like this prolific passer. I think Florida State's defense will have some success. So give me the under. It's a low total already. 51. I'll take the under. 51 and a half. Perfect. I I kept um I kept scripting out what the under would look like. Cause hey, you know, big game Dabo, you know, let's go let our defense win this. And all the different scores I kept coming up with for what I could see as the realistic path to an under. We're also Clemson covering this spread. I'm going to take Clemson, and I'm going to lay these points right now. Um, we're expecting to have Brian Brzee back. Uh, we mentioned in the last episode about how Xavier Thomas in six snaps had two sacks and four quarterback knockdowns. I think that in the – stunning. In the final ACC road game of the season, again, on October 15th, this is going to be the final conference road game of the season – I think that Dabo tries to tune this group up. I think that the defense leads the way. Under probably catches as well, so we've we've got a lot of ways that we can both win this. But I, I think that of all the different ways that it can go, if I, I would rather have Clemson minus the points than rather be sweating what's happening at the end of the game. Jordan Travis kicked down the back the back or front door on the total uh, near the end. So uh, give me the Tigers. I'll lay the points on the road. Lock agreement. Feel like we're walking into a trap of some kind. Why the hell is Clemson only three and a half point favorite in this game? I don't understand it. I'm not going to question it, but I'm going to take Clemson minus three and a half for a lot of the reasons you already shared. And Danny, as you were mentioning, like we won that lock war yesterday or last week. That was uh we won that game dirty. <laughs> and just like if Florida State couldn't beat NC State in that situation without Devin Leary with NC State playing with one arm tied behind its back. I just don't see how it's going to be able to hold up against Clemson for 60 minutes here. So give me the Tigers minus three and a half. Lock and fit. Lock, uh, lock unity. <laughs> yeah. I can't dance to that. I can't, I can't, I can't get any groove going on that play. Yeah. I, I play the music. I'm, I'm, I'm not dancing. Um, look, so, Two weeks in a row, teams have been very effective at getting pressure on the Knolls while rushing just three and dropping eight. 
they're trying to limit FSU's explosive plays. They're daring them to drive. And for the most part, they have been successful with those dares. I think the computers see Clemson as worse than it actually is for a couple of reasons. Number one, Clemson has allowed some, I will call pseudo garbage time scores, right? To where like they gave up that late, t- late touchdown to NC state. Now that's not technically in garbage time, but it's like a minute left and, and you're up what 17. So by the definition, no, by common sense. Yes. Clemson's also getting back some really important guys on defense. They're getting back for Z. I think Xavier Thomas is, is supposed to be back. Uh, I think you're getting a couple guys back in the secondary. We'll we'll see about the one corner. But they've been like having to play a linebacker at safety for a couple weeks. And now they get those guys back. They've already gone on the road several times in conference play, right? You know, Georgia, Georgia Tech's not technically on the road, so shouldn't count that. But you know, Wake, they went to Boston College in a game that should have been kind of a hangover game, and they covered that. DJU is actually number one in the nation in PFF's big time throw rate. I I have this 34-23. And I honestly, the, I thought about the under here too, Tom, even though I have that score. But given the lack of the kicker, you're probably going to have some possessions that either finish in touchdowns that normally would finish in, in, in field goals because they have to go for it more and forth or better starting field position for Clemson because, like, you're at, the, you know, you're at like the plus 42 and you got to go for it, whereas you might punt otherwise. Do you know who actually has a better big time throw rate? He's just not qualified yet because he hasn't played enough. Is it Art Sikowski? No, it's the best quarterback in the country, Quinn Ewers. That's fair. Dig it. But DJU, I think, yeah, no, he's second or third. And I, I know, I think he's first overall for big time throws total. Tom already has Penn State, Michigan under 51 and a half. Uh, he's got the Tennessee, Alabama under 66 and the Clemson minus three and a half. Where would you like to go next? Uh, I'm going to go back to the well. Kansas. It's just plus nine. Like, I understand that Dylan Gabriel is expected to be back. That is why Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite in this game. Kansas will not have Jalen Daniels. It will have Jason Bean. I don't care. Oklahoma's not nine points better than Kansas. Oklahoma's not nine points better than anybody in the Big 12. It should not be favored by this much. And as we saw last week, the drop-off from Jalen Daniels to Jason Bean doesn't really exist. Jason Bean's plenty of experience. He's got plenty of talent himself, and this is a very well-coached and schemed-well offense with a very good game plan. And Give him a week to go up against this Oklahoma defense that can't stop anybody and is also dealing with a bunch of injuries of its own on the defensive side of the ball. Like Everybody pay attention to the Dylan Gabriel injury. It's not the only one Oklahoma's dealing with. You add in all the transfers from the offseason, all the injuries that they've had during the season, that depth on the defense side of the ball is being sorely tested and Kansas is going to poke and prod on it for 60 minutes on Saturday. They are going to cover this with ease. Give me the Jayhawks plus nine. Mm. I, I have Would you do it game. at seven? Oh. Yes. You would. I would uh I would not do it at seven. I, I would consider nine for sure. Um Oklahoma's defense has handled motion terribly this year, right? Like I know Quinn Ewers has a good big time throw rate, but they also have a like his wide open throw rate in that game against Texas uh, mm-hmm. was was pretty nuts. Kansas does a great job of scheming that stuff open, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they really do. Like th- think about just all the motions they do and the shifts and how poorly Oklahoma communicates on defense. Now maybe OU will 
play a little, little simpler on defense this weekend. My guess is that they will. Maybe they'll try to allow, allow fewer explosive plays. But I mean, guys, we got 61 and a half hanging out there at a couple shops. I I got to go over that, right? Actually, that move. Give me give me over 62 then. Okay. Over 62 in this one. I, I do think Gabriel being back is a big deal. Like they don't have another quarterback. Offense should be a little healthier in this game. I think they can score mid 30s. And I I think that, that Kansas can get to 28. Any like that those four teams are all at the bottom of the Big 12. Kansas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, TCU. They just give it up. Very friendly. Very, very accommodating. They go and they give you the big candy bars. So yeah, I'm I'm on that over as well. Speaking of big candy bars and Halloween, it's like I live in a new neighborhood now and I'm trying to figure out how much candy I'm going to have to buy this year because when we were in the city, you didn't get too many trick-or-treaters, so it's like now I'm worried we're not going to have enough. So what do you guys mm-hmm. think? What should I do, like three bags, four bags? Keep in mind, anything that's left, I get to eat. So Four bags. Four bags. You always want to have too much as opposed to too little. Yeah. And then you can go like you did with uh, Butcher's Box and just pass around to the neighbors afterwards. <laughs> Ingratiate yourself. We, we should probably discuss this next week because it'll be closer to Halloween. But like Danny, as, as somebody who has older kids and, and Chip and I, what, what is the appropriate level of dad tax? That, that, that should be something we discuss next week. Because like you oh, got yeah, sure. to safety inspect the candy and, and uh, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> pull, pull out just a little bit. Uh, all right. So let's go uh, <clears throat> quick review. I just mentioned uh, Tom is on the under 51 and a half, the Tennessee, Alabama under 66, Clemson minus three and a half, Kansas plus nine. I've got Navy plus 12 and a half, the Oklahoma State TCU over 68 and a half, Clemson minus three and a half, Kansas, Oklahoma over 62. Danny's got Penn State, Michigan under 51 and a half, Alabama minus seven, Utah minus three and a half, Florida State, Clemson under 51 and a half. Bud's got the UCF first half minus 13 and a half. UTSA first half minus 20. Clemson minus three and a half. Kansas, Oklahoma over 62. Alabama team total over 36 and a half. And the Oklahoma State TCU first half over 34. Danny, where would you like to go next? Uh, Let's go to the Big 12 where we've got a Texas team that is being talked about as potentially making the college football playoff with two losses. We're talking about Quinn Ewers a whole lot. You know, we're not talking about a team that has beat them three years in a row straight up that is coming to town. Matt Campbell, I will remind you, is 9-0 and against the spread as an underdog of six or more points since the start of the 2017 season. That's the best in the FBS. Texas may be back, and I think they would love to have some style points in this one, but I think Matt Campbell and his squad will say not so fast. I think they'll have some success shutting down Bijan. No, I won't say shutting down, slowing down Bijan Robinson. So give me Iowa State and those 16 and a half points. Iowa State, by the way, they've got three consecutive losses all by one possession, including just the field goal against a very good Kansas team and a one-point loss where their offense couldn't do anything against Kansas State, I think they'll be able to slow down Texas' offense. I think Texas wins by two touchdowns, but not the 16-and-a-half. Fight. I love Quinn Ewers. Fight. 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 
Now, there is a Texas minus 15 and a half out there, so maybe we'll middle, but we won't because Texas <laughs> is going to win this thing by at least three touchdowns. I, Iowa State did a great job of slowing down Kansas, but Iowa State does not have the personnel to stop Texas's passing attack because, A, Texas has the best quarterback in the country, and, B, that quarterback has a whole lot of weapons at the receiver position that Kansas just doesn't have. While they can scheme guys open, Texas can scheme guys open, and they have guys who can just get open. And I don't think Iowa State's going to have a whole lot for them in the back end to slow them down. I think Texas is going to roll here at home. I think they're feeling good. I think this offense is finally starting to hum. And I just think this is a much different team with Ewers at QB than it is with Hudson Card. And I also think defensively, while they're not great, this is a Longhorns team that has taken some steps forward this year. And I don't really like the Iowa State offense very much because you mentioned how they hung with Kansas and they kept them within three. Kansas's defense hasn't stopped anybody, but it stopped Iowa State. So not too confident there. So give me the Longhorns. Wow, so much differing of opinion. It's like the game is exciting. It's almost like the game is a first-round draft pick kind of game on Saturday. No, no. Don't tell us that. There's like, what, six games between ranked teams this weekend, and you didn't get a single one? (laughs) Well, let me just go ahead and and tell you that uh, I've, I've got a lock on one of those games between ranked teams that we haven't talked about. Give me the pack plus the three and a half going to the dome where it will be electric. The best unit on the field is NC State's defense. And I think that that group, you know, with with some time to put together a game plan, they're going to lead the way. They're going to play ball control. We're getting a little bit healthier at wide receiver, which might not matter considering how many pass attempts they had last year with uh, Jack Chambers, attorney at law. But we are also getting healthier at running back with Demi Sumo Kongbe back in the lineup. He he runs hard and mean. I like his style a lot. So I'm going to take NC State to cover this three and a half. I see this one being extremely low scoring. I do not hate the under, but when I look at what Syracuse has done this year, I both of the wins were at home. But when you take into consideration the way the games played out, do you think that NC State's win against Texas Tech was more impressive than Syracuse's win against Purdue? No. Okay. Yeah. Beating Purdue is more impressive? I mean, I don't think either of them were that impressive, honestly. not I don't mean to say either of the teams they beat were bad. I just feel like that Syracuse-Purdue game was weird. So, yeah, sure, NC State beating Florida State was more I, impressive. I Why think not? NC State's more battle-tested yeah. here. I think that NC State is coming in, um, obviously, with their you know, hand tied behind their back. And also, I will, I'll throw back this reference here. Devin Leary went down with an injury in the 2020 season, and Tim Beck just sort of duct taped together an offense that still got that NC State team to a 7-3 and three record in ACC play in the 10-game conference schedule that they had that year. So this is not the first time that this offensive staff has had to get creative after losing Devin Leary and come up with a new offense. Y'all's boy, Bailey Hockman, was the one that was still able to uh, guide the Wolfpack to some victories. So give me Who, who did he State. play there? I'm trying to remember who Bailey Hockman played against. Down the down the stretch of that 2020 season, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just a, I'm a Tim Beck skeptic, as you guys know. So I just just for my own edification, I was kind of curious who he played. Okay, well we we can. All right, we'll, we'll do a post. I'll call it up. A, let's just be real. A, though, like, ACC boys 
Right. Have a little tussle. Gonna have a little tussle on oh. this one. Oh wow! Fight! Yeah, Fight. I told Fight. you we're gonna get the Fight. Dino drop sooner or later. They're <laughs> NC State. I saw that offense. It was piss poor against Florida State in the second half. They're gonna try to run the football. Guess who's pretty good against the run? Syracuse's defense. And I think Robert and I's system will find a way to put up some points on NC State's defense. Give me Dino. Give me the orange. Laying three and a half. I'll take them at whatever they're calling the dome right now. Give me Syracuse. The reception will be fuzzy in the JMA wireless dome on <laughs> Saturday right. afternoon. Uh, yeah, that's man, ACC boys getting into it. Danny throwing some blood on the table all over the place. You got to love it. And look, truthfully, no, a no-lose situation. I play the Dino. I, I take a lock fight loss, but play the Dino drop. What an amazing hedge as I look <laughs> at my Saturday. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, all right, Danny, how many do you have left? I put them in the chat. I got to run. Okay. I only have one more play. It's BYU. Playing Arkansas in Provo, getting a, getting one and a half. I like them. They're getting healthy. KJ Jefferson, I do think, will probably play coming back. But I think this is a Super Bowl type of game for BYU. Coming off a loss to a very good Notre Dame team. I like their chances here playing at home. Slapping meats. Love it right there. Anybody else got to play on BYU-Arkansas? I mean, I'm, hmm, I'm, I'm going to pass it. it, it I'm here. I'm excited for it, but I think it's going to be a good game. I, I'm really close to to lock agreement with Danny. That BYU gets it done at home. Yeah, I, I just I just hope this thing steams a little bit and we 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 can get something you know like a two, like an official KJ Jefferson. Like the yes. line is already yeah. baked in. Like KJ Jefferson's probably playing. Then you get the official announcement, and then a rush it gets it out to maybe a two or two and a half. What ends up happening yeah. with that? Can it can it move even more than that? I mean, maybe it goes to three. We we, we we saw some moves last week that were just dumb, right? Like I told a friend of mine, hey, uh, I, I I want to bet Oregon State, right? But don't bet it yet because they're going to announce that Chance Nolan ain't playing and people are going to downgrade Oregon State for Chance Nolan not playing for no reason. Like he's not any better than the backup is. And sure enough, it went six and a half to four and a half. 
I mean, that's still lost, but like, yes, people do blindly bet quarterback out news on Saturdays when most of the people doing this have known for quite a while. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm surprised it hasn't been mentioned yet. Let's let's go. Minnesota, Illinois, under 38 and a half, nine and a half. Where are we at? 39 is the best. There, no, there's 39 and a half out there if you're going under. Let's go. We are going under Minnesota, Illinois, under 39 and a half. Uh, our pal Jake Fetner from Sportsline, a.k.a. The Fet Show. What He, he rolled out. Uh, Brett Bielema in Big Ten play at home. Small sample size, admittedly, but the under just cashes. It's just it's the way that that man likes to win, and the fact that we've got Art Sitkowski in at quarterback both adds to the coaching emphasis of trying to win this game with an elite defense and also probably limits what Illinois' offensive ceiling is. So, yeah, give me Illinois-Minnesota under 39.5. Lock agreement. <laughs> It's, this game isn't going to be any different than the Iowa game was last week. Like, And Art Sitkowski, the only difference is Art Sitkowski turnover potential could leave Minnesota with some short fields. But Minnesota, it has a passing attack, but it is still mostly a rushing team. I think it's fifth nationally in rushing yards per game. But we've seen nobody's been able to run the ball against Illinois. Like, I, If you go look at Braylon Allen's game log, it's like 85 yards, 112 yards, 96 yards, 140 yards. And this is that was against Ohio State. Illinois, two yards. Northwestern, 140 yards. Nobody can run the ball on this Illinois defense. I think that they are going to be able to take that away from Minnesota, force Tanner Morgan in that passing attack to beat them. And I think Minnesota's probably got the best passing attack that Illinois has faced so far, but Illinois' pass rush is really good, and I don't know how much time or how effective they're going to be. So I don't see either team scoring more than 17 points in this game, which means the total can't go over 39 unless it's 17 to 17 and they get to overtime. You know, guys, I, I don't mind you betting 39, but since you're my, since you're my friends, uh, I mean, MGM, FanDuel, DraftKings all have 39 and a half. So I, I I would encourage us to take 39 and a half just for, you know. I would I would take 30, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Counterpoint. Sitkowski is playing quarterback, and I feel like that just increases the variance on this thing just incredibly, right? Like his propensity for throwing pick sixes, doing really – he's kind of a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I also don't think Illinois is going to throw very often. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's it's just run the ball. Mm-hmm. Run the ball and play field position. There's to be a whole lot. Like even uh, Barry Lenny, the offensive coordinator, because there was one play in the game last week where it was an RPO at the goal line. They had Sitkowski roll out, and he threw an interception at the goal line. And Lenny, the offensive coordinator, after the game said, yeah, that's on me. I shouldn't have put him in that situation. So that tells you kind of what the plan's probably going to be. Where the confidence is with this oh, team? Uh, yeah. Um, Bud, how many do you have left? I have at least one, uh, which if it's my turn, I will get to it right here. I am taking the under 28 and a half first half in Auburn Old Miss. Uh, Auburn had two more offensive linemen go down in that game, uh, Jackson and Troxel. I don't know what their status is. I like that they've already wasted their fake punt, uh, so maybe they won't be able to hit that on Old Miss. Old Miss doesn't have trig. I just think that this is going under kind of an ugly first half and uh, under 28 and a half for me. Also, I'm in lock agreement with the dentist on this. I had this before he texted me this morning, but now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm even more on it. Quote, I'm having a hard time with this one. The line is incredibly big for an old Miss Auburn game, a series which has been dominated by Auburn my entire life. 
even last year when Ole Miss had superior team, Corral gets hurt and Ole Miss loses the game outright. That seems repeatable. Uh, but I can't get the Penn State-Auburn game out of my head, and Kiffin mentioned several times this week he has not beaten Auburn yet. I think there's an extra motivation here to win this game. Ole Miss will be without tight end Trigg, and the fall-off for that position is significant, I'm told. Although he misspelled Trigg, he calls him Trigg, so that makes me a little skeptical that Dennis knows what he's talking about about his own roster here, but I continue. Uh, so the question for me is how Ole Miss offense will do. We will see Penn State blow out uh, as Auburn quits or see a lower-scoring game. Since I have seen Ole Miss blow out Auburn in 40 years, uh, I'll have to stick with my gut here and focus on an under. 55.5 feels very sweaty just in case the Auburn quits scenario, so I'll take the under in the first half. Quit factor plus Lane run, running it up. Definitely something that would keep me away from going full game under. Yeah. We all agree the funniest possible outcome here is that Auburn wins, right? Without a doubt. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> Auburn wins. You just go like a bunch of Auburn boosters in the crowd looking like this. Yeah, it's the actual storyline of Major League. Yeah. <laughs> like the owner just wants nothing more to lose and the team refuses to lose. I don't know. Is is Robbie Ashford Wild Thing Vaughn? Is that how this ends up playing out? Yeah. Um, all right. So Couple, a uh, couple top twenty-five games that we have not touched on. Glad you got to that one. Georgia Vanderbilt, Georgia favored by thirty-eight, over under a fifty-eight and a half. Anyone touching that? No, but I do have four picks left. Okay, uh, Mississippi State, Kentucky, ranked on ranked. Uh, Will Levis seems to be playing. They that line has dropped from seven or six and a half, seven to six and a half, all the way down to four. Over under a forty-nine. Anyone got to play from Kroger Field? Not locking it up, but I lean to the under. Uh, yeah, same. I just uh, hopefully this steams up a little bit with the news of Levis playing. Mm-hmm, that's we, we can get a better yeah. number on under. Like if he yeah. gets up to like in the fifties, I might. It hasn't might that already? But hasn't the adjustment already happened? I, but people start like late money starts coming in. The appropriate adjustment has happened. Has the actual adjustment happened, or has like the the full adjustment's going to happen? Happen? I I don't know. I'm, I lean Mississippi State. I think it's time to get Kentucky out the paint. But Oh, no, they'll drop to 25 if they lose this game. You know the line in Aladdin where he's like, how many times do I have to kill you? Like, that's us to Kentucky in the AP. Like, what, what, what do we got to do? What do we have to do, Kentucky? Yeah, they're going to be 4-3, and three, ranked number 25 in the country because they rank, because they lost – but they were supposed to lose. They were an underdog. Mm. Lean Mississippi State, but I'm worried that that's too much hate in my heart. And like I said, we're cleansing, going for positivity right now. Uh, all right, Tom, you said you got four more? Yeah. I've got one more. Let's, why don't you go ahead and uh, take us where you want to go? All right, I will start. I'll go to the ACC. Uh, I'm going to take the under 47 in Miami, Virginia Tech. I just don't think Virginia Tech is going to score a whole lot of points. And I was on Slow News Day with Kevin Clark. That'll be out today or tomorrow. We were talking about how amazing it is that Miami has been able to find like five wide receivers in South Florida who cannot run fast or get separation. So I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. And I also think that just Mario Cristobal's entire persona the way to respond to adversity is to get more conservative, slow things down, and just get into a rock fight. So under 47, Miami, Virginia Tech. I forgot that I've got a, another one out there. I feel like I feel like you got to go. By the way, go. lock agreement with Tom there. Oh. We got, we got 47 and a half. 
If you're Mario Cristobal, you're sitting there, you're thinking, man, Pitt just had a running back run 36 times. That is sexy as hell. <laughs> Think about that, right? Oh, my gosh. Vitex run defense. Let's go out and run the football. Grind this pace. Show our toughness. Looks like looks uh, Zion Nelson probably won't play. Justin Wallace on their starting uh, guard for Miami probably won't play. Don't really want to chuck it around on the road. It's kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Defense still looks okay. Tyreek Stevenson should play. I'm I'm locking agreement with Tom there. What's our North Carolina team total? I don't see it on Caesars right now. Uh, well, I have a couple books open because they are just now popping up. Let's see. It's going to be like a 37, I think, Tom. Or uh, Chip? Let me uh, over. I mean. Uh, I got a 36 and a half here for you. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. That's kind of juiced. We don't want to be accused of, of uh, the juice. Here's an even juice one, 37. Okay. North Carolina team total over 37. Uh, I mentioned some of the – I think I mentioned it. I meant to talk about the how Duke – if Duke from three weeks ago plays this game, I think I'm picking Duke to win. But they have taken a lot of injuries in recent weeks, and I just don't think that Mike Elko has built up that team to where they've got the kind of depth to be able to sustain – multiple injuries on both sides of the ball. They, they're hoping to get a little bit healthier at wide receiver, so I do think it's possible that uh, Riley Leonard and the Duke offense is going to be able to score on this North Carolina defense. I mean, you know, huge game, rivalry game, but in, in the case that Duke's offense cannot get going, the one thing that I'm most certain about is that Drake May and North Carolina's offense will score in this game. Uh, so in the battle for the victory, Bell, give me North Carolina team total over 37. I have a plan in this game as well. All right. Let's lines. I am taking the over 66 and a half. And maybe I should just go with you as a team total because did you see the helmets that North Carolina will be wearing? The chromes? Those are some over-ass helmets. Those are helmets that a team <laughs> that has absolutely no desire to play defense but just wants to score points <laughs> is going to wear. So just strictly based off of that, over 66 and a half, UNC Duke. All right, I also have a play in this game. I'm just trying to figure out which of you two I'm going to join because I'm, I'm, I'm betting all three things. Uh, all right, let's play which is the best passing offense that Duke's defense has faced so far this year. In order, we have Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. Temple, mm-hmm. Northwestern, Studs, North Carolina A&T. But Kansas. Or Kansas. 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 I agree. I I think it was Kansas. I am not really sure that Duke's passing defense is all that good. So they're pretty good at like not allowing explosives, but I just think North Carolina has a different level of athleticism on offense here to really anything that that, that they face. So I'm going to join Chip on that over 37 team total. Yes, love that. UNC Duke in football is just getting a lot of action here in the 67th minute of the <laughs> Cover 3 podcast. Um, all right, I got one more. 67th minute for 67 points, huh? How about that? Let's get hey, it. Hey, there you go. Uh, Tom, You, how many more do you have? Three? I have two. Okay. Do you want me to go first so that way we can alternate? Sure. Uh, give me Arizona plus 14 and a half against Washington. Uh, 
I think Washington's kind of been coming back to earth a little bit, and I don't think the market's caught on quite yet to how things have been, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think Arizona, pretty frisky, pretty explosive. I don't think having them cover two touchdowns is too much to ask, and I'm getting that hook. That's pretty crucial. So go Jedfish plus 14 and a half. I mean, this is one of the biggest games of the weekend. Our own Bud Elliott did draft it as his wild card in the viewer's guide draft. Points mm-hmm. plenty, and that means Arizona's scoring them too. No defense, and we got a hook too? Mm-hmm. I like that. Last play is, uh, you know, we talked about overreaction to quarterback news. This is you know, quarterback news that has already been out there, so the, the market adjustment has already happened, but Fresno State cannot wait to have Jay Kaner back, and it does not look like Jay Kaner is going to be back for this game at home against the San Jose State defense that is not only terrific, but also offensively, the Spartans, you know, against UNLV kind of got this thing rolling just a little bit. Remember, they put up uh, 40 against UNLV. They put up 33 against Wyoming on the road. They put up 34 against Western Michigan. I think that covering eight and a half is well within the potential for a team that is uh, emerging as one of the best there in the Mountain West. So give me San Jose State minus eight and a half at Fresno State. And then I I mentioned this yesterday. If you want to go all the way vibes on this thing, I I believe that it's like a Devontae Adams celebration game. (laughs) Vibes can't be good. When you're celebrating the Devontae Adams era after he ran into Hunter Renfro and then a cameraman all within the same like hour and a half span. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the San Jose State minus eight and a half. And it's also a little late night Petros Fest. So you mm. got to at least get some action there. I have one more I'm going to throw on here, and this is just disgusting. Um, this is what I probably should have saved sicko mode for. And I don't even know how this gets there, but just my numbers say I have to bet this, so I'll just give it out. I'm taking Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, over 44 and a half points. Oh. Yeah, I know. Avion Smith is playing a little bit better at quarterback in in the absence of Brett in the absence of Brett Gabbert for Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio's defense is good. Bowling Green is an extremely high variance team. Like they do some wild stuff. Like they beat Marshall and then they lost to Eastern Kentucky. I, I just think this should be like 47, so 47 half. I'm going to bet the 44 and a half. I'll tell you how it gets over 44 and a half. Bowling Green has more field goals turned into defensive touchdowns like it did last year. Yeah. Dude, Bowling Green got inside the 20 like five times, came away with negative points. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. They're kids. Um. No, we can laugh because it is remarkable. It is incredible. It is beyond belief or expectation. So we can laugh. All right. uh, My final play, another Matt game. Taking the under, though. Under 67 and a half in Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan. I just... Northern Illinois cannot keep going over the total with the way it plays football. It's just not meant to happen. I don't know what's going on. There's got to be some sort of course correction eventually. And damn it, it is going to happen on Saturday in Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. All right. That it? Any, anything else? We're doing sprinkles. All right. Well, first we'll do a, a quick review, and then we'll uh, knock it out. There's, there, by the way, the uh, the chat is calling for New Mexico, New Mexico State thoughts. 
Uh, New Mexico plus the point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico actually had their top two receivers, and I think their top tight end or two suspended last week. Am I like out of focus now for some well, reason? Hold your hand up to the camera and then slowly pull it away. Yeah, uh, I for for a little while my camera was operating like New Mexico State's offense. So apologies <laughs> for that, folks. I, I I suspect New Mexico is getting some of these guys back who were like held out for not meeting standards or whatever last week. They have a new OC coming in, or at least just promoted from, from within. New Mexico State is pretty damn bad. And if you watch New Mexico State's defense or New Mexico's defense, they do force you to throw the football effectively. And that is not something that New Mexico State does well at all. Like they do shut the run down okay for New Mexico. To review, Tom is on Penn State, Michigan under 51 and a half, the Tennessee, Alabama under 66, Clemson minus three and a half, Kansas plus nine, Texas minus 15 and a half, Miami, Virginia Tech under 47 and a half, Illinois, Minnesota under 39 and a half, North Carolina, Duke over 66 and a half, Arizona plus 14 and a half, Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan under 67 and a half. I am on. Navy plus 12 and a half, Oklahoma State TCU over 68 and a half, Clemson minus three and a half, Kansas, Oklahoma over 62, North Carolina team total over 37, NC State plus three and a half, Illinois, Minnesota under 39 and a half, and San Jose State minus eight and a half. Danny's got Penn State, Michigan under 51 and a half, Alabama minus seven, Utah minus three and a half, Florida State, Clemson under 51 and a half, Iowa State plus 16 and a half, Syracuse minus three and a half, BYU plus one and a half, Buds got UCF first half minus 13 and a half, UTSA first half minus 20, Clemson minus three and a half, the Kansas, Oklahoma over 62, North Carolina team total over 37, Miami, Virginia Tech under 47 and a half, Auburn, Ole Miss first half under 28 and a half, Oklahoma State TCU first half over 34, Alabama team total over 36 and a half, and the Miami Bowling Green over 44 and a half. We do have Lock Unity on Clemson minus three and a half, and we've got Lock Fights in Texas, Iowa State, and NC State, Syracuse. Lock Agreements on the Penn State, Michigan under, the Kansas, Oklahoma over, North Carolina team total over, and Illinois, Minnesota under, which means it's time to go to the big old cash register with our money line sprinkles right now danny is the leader 10 and 10 up 9.72 units jeez all right but and uh danny's sprinkles are florida state plus 145 of course at uh, against clemson illinois plus 215 against minnesota at home oklahoma state plus 150 on the road at tcu and who's middle playing middle tennessee western yeah, Western Kentucky. Wow, that's a. I wish he would have left us with a note on that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fill that note in. Okay. Uh, are you going to fill it in? Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm going to bet it too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then, yeah, Bud, why don't you go ahead and go next? Uh, what? Oh, what is, 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 is that it for Danny? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a couple here. Uh, we'll just start with middle. Uh, I am going to take middle plus two fifty five. Uh, I'll just drop these in for Jordan. Jordan, these are the three for sure. And the other one I'm still going to think about on air here. So I just don't really trust Western Kentucky's defense all that much. Um, I, this team has some wins over teams that I just think are very poor, and I'm not really sure that I trust them to go on the road and get wins. I mean, they lost to Indiana. They probably should have won. Indiana's a bad football team. Uh, they crushed FIU. I, I don't know. There's something about Western I don't trust. Middle is capable of scoring 
high variance game, potentially like them there. Uh, I'm going to take Memphis plus 180 at East Carolina. Uh, some of these ECU injuries ain't sitting right with me, guys. Holden Naylor's talking about uh, I was just got to work through it as far as you know, his, his shoulder hurting him. Memphis might be getting some of these guys back. They're a really young team to start the season. They're getting a little older now. Now they got to get off the mat after that collapse they had against Houston, but I just think Houston's a better team than Memphis, right? So I think Memphis is capable of going on the road and getting this W. And then I'm going to take Rice. Going to Florida, going to FAU, outright winner, Rice, plus 157. Dig it. Um, I am – Tom, you want to go? Sure. I will start with agreement. I'm also on Memphis, plus 180. I think that might be a situation of wrong team favored there. Uh, and then my others are – open this up. LSU, plus 120 at Florida because I don't really believe in Florida all that much. So I think this is game is pretty great much a game. Great yeah. game. One of the best games of the day. I think it's a coin flip for the most part. So, you know, if I can get the plus value on one of the teams, let's do it. Uh, Illinois plus 215 because I think that this defense of Illinois can keep this one close and keep themselves in the game because I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to score much. So I don't think Art Sitkowski has to be great for Illinois to win this game. And I think plus 215 is way too big of a number. And finally, Kansas plus 265. Danny asked me earlier if I would take Kansas plus seven. I'll take Kansas minus one. Okay. They're better. <laughs> and they're going to beat the Sooners. So Kansas plus 265. Um, give me NC State. I don't know what my number is on that one, but uh, give me NC State on the money line to get it done at Syracuse. And then give me the USC Trojans. Something might not be right with Utah. And that's not a Utah thing that I'm blaming them for. It's just compared to my own expectations of what Utah was going to be this season. So there was... You know, they they operate in different ways, USC's offense against UCLA's offense. But, man, UCLA got almost everything it wanted. And it was like a Dorian Thompson-Robinson pick six made that game even a little bit closer than it kind of felt. So, and just just a little hunchy. Um, give me USC on the money line as well. All right. That's that's it. That's a full full load of lot. Right, I'll go ahead and get quick review. Tom's on Memphis, LSU, Illinois, and Kansas on the money line. I've got NC State and USC. Danny's got Florida State, Illinois, Oklahoma State, Middle Tennessee. Bud's on Middle Tennessee, Memphis, and Rice. Woo! That's how you get it done. All right. We will be back live around 1130-ish. Uh, Eastern time, maybe a little bit closer to midnight, depending on what's happening out there in Salt Lake City. Um, and we will be here at youtube.com slash cover three with our full instant reaction to week seven. And you can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott three. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 